Hello and welcome to another episode of the Voice of Alignment. I trust that you have had a great day or you're about to have a great day or you've been having a wonderful day. Now, in this episode, we will be discussing on how to become alive to the Spirit. But most importantly, we would be continuing from where we stopped in the last episode of this podcast. Now, let me give you just a brief, let's go over what we did um, in the last episode of this podcast. In the last episode, we had a discussion on being dead to the flesh and alive to the spirit. And in that episode, we established a number of things as a foundation which we're going to build on with what we're going to be sharing in this episode. First, we established the fact that our reference to flesh here, when we talk about being dead to the flesh, is not the human body, but the sinful nature that is at work in the human body. I am referring to those desires, those cravings, and those impulses that are sinful in nature or that push us into sin or to make us to disobey God. In the Amplified Bible, Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 says, For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19 to 21 talks about the works of the flesh or the things that this sinful nature and desires produce in man. In that passage in Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19 to 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the likes, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So these are the works of the flesh that are a product of the sinful nature that we are referring to when we talk about the flesh. Now, secondly, in the last episode, we established the fact that in order to overcome this flesh and its works, we need to die to the flesh. In this context, to die to the flesh means to become unresponsive to the sinful nature. And then the third thing we established in the last episode is that the only way that we can die to the flesh is to become alive to the spirit. Just like putting on light is the only way to eliminate darkness, becoming alive and living by the spirit is the only way to die to the flesh. Romans chapter 8 verse 13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, the Bible says, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Finally, in the last episode, we saw that to be alive to the spirit or to walk in the spirit is about being responsive to the leadings and to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We established the fact that to walk in the spirit and to be alive to the spirit is to be responsive to the spirit. We are talking about having a culture and a lifestyle of seeking out the spirit, of seeking out the Holy Spirit, 
seeking out his instructions, seeking out what he desires, seeking out his consent, seeking out the approval of the Holy Spirit and aligning with the leadings, with the cravings, with the impulses of the Holy Spirit. It is living as though you belong to the Spirit of God. Now, these are the things we established in the last episode. Now, having established this as the foundation, as a foundation which we are going to build on in this episode, the big question we want to answer in this episode is, how do we live by the Spirit? How do we become alive to the Spirit? What do we need to do? in order to live by the Spirit, in order to become responsive to the leadings and to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, in order for us to easily align ourselves at every time and in every situation with the desires, with the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Now, to understand this, we need to start by first understanding the makeup of man and how the Holy Spirit interacts or interfaces with man. In other words, we need to understand how man was made and how the Spirit of God relates with man. And to understand the makeup of man, we need to go back to the creation of man. When God created man in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, when God was speaking here, he was speaking to the Trinity in council. Now, we understand that God is three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, God was saying, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let us make man to be like us. So, just like God is three in one, man was created as a three in one being. In other words, man was created to be three parts in one. And what are these three parts? What are these three parts that make up the, the human being? It's the spirit, the soul, and the body. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23, Paul speaks about this when he made a prayer. He said, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This was Paul making reference to the three parts that make up man, the spirit, the soul, and the body. Now, let's quickly look at each of these components and on, try to understand what each of these parts of man is all about. The spirit is the part of man that we relate or that relates with the spirit realm. In other words, your spirit is the part of you that connects or that can relate with the spirit realm. It is with our spirit that we connect with God. When we become born again, it is our spirit that is reborn. It is the spirit of man, the spirit that you have, your spirit that God takes ownership of and possesses and dwells in when you become born again. It is the spirit of man that gives life to the other parts of man. And it is in the spirit of man that God dwells. That's the spirit. Now, what about the soul? The soul is the part of man that connects the spirit and the body. The soul itself is also made up of three parts. Now, this is very important and let's understand this. The soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. These three parts are the three components of the soul. Then we have the body, which is the part of man that relates to the physical. 
it is in the body that we have this sinful nature that we talked about in the last episode which we said we need to die to. So in summary, with the spirit, man connects with the spirit realm. With the body, man connects with the physical realm. And in between the spirit and the body is the soul. So the soul is like the middle man. It's like the middle ground between the spirit and the body. One very important point that we must note here is that your entire life revolves around the directions or the state of your soul. Your entire life revolves around the state of your soul. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Another word for your heart here is your mind. So it's saying, keep your mind with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And we've just established that the soul is made up of three parts, the mind, the will, and the emotions. So the soul is like the driver's seat. And on that seat, there are only two drivers that can sit on it and drive your life. It's either your spirit or your body. In other words, your soul is either controlled by the physical realm through your body or is controlled by the spirit realm through your spirit. When your soul is controlled by the physical through your body, and the senses, what you are able to see, what you are able to hear, what you are what you are able to feel, what you are able to taste. It means that your mind, your will, and your emotions are controlled by what you see. They are controlled by what you hear. They are controlled by what you sense, what you are able to touch. When this happens, it means that whatever happens in the physical realm dictates your life. For such people, if things around them are falling apart, their life automatically begins to fall apart. If the economy is looking gloomy, their life begins to look gloomy. If they happen to be in a place where there is poverty, they become poor. But then there is another scenario where the soul can be controlled by the spirit. It can be controlled by your spirit man. But the spirit, the spirit of man, itself and on its own is too weak to take on that position on its own it's too weak and this is because the spirit was not originally designed to be disconnected from god genesis chapter 2 verse 7 tells us that god created man from the dust and then he breathed into man and man became a living being now in that breath that god breathed into man was the spirit of man. If the spirit of man was already in the dust that God molded into man, then man would have been alive even before God breathed into him. So the point here is that for the spirit to control the soul, the spirit must have an established connection with God, who is also a spirit. The Bible refers to God as the father of spirits. And in the New Testament, this connection is established by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, with this understanding, we can now discuss how to be alive to the Spirit or how to live by the Spirit. Now, when you say a person is alive to the Spirit, 
first of all it means that the person has the spirit of god dwelling in him the spirit of god is dwelling in his spirit now secondly it means that a person's soul that person's soul is controlled by his spirit and his spirit is occupied and is controlled by the holy spirit in other words he or she is a man or a woman who lives by the spirit his soul is controlled by the holy spirit who dwells in his spirit when your soul which controls your life is controlled by your body or by your flesh you live by your senses but when your soul is controlled by the spirit of god that is in your spirit and that spirit of god controls the contents of your mind your will and your emotions then you can say that you are living by faith this is what it means to live by faith galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me now for these two things to happen there are certain things that we must do for the spirit of god to dwell in your spirit you must be born again in ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and in ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 paul speaks of the holy spirit as a seal that god places in our spirit as a mark of our redemption for your soul to be controlled by your spirit you need to submit the entirety of your soul to the spirit of god that is in your spirit if we say that your soul is the driver's seat of your life what we are saying here is that the holy spirit needs to take over the driver's seat of your life and how is this done very quickly let's look at five things that we can do in order to bring ourselves to a point where the holy spirit through our spirit is able to take control of our soul and is able to take control of our life now the first thing that we must do is that we must obey the promptings and the leadings of the holy spirit when you are driving a car and you turn the car to the right and then the car instead of going to the right it begins to go to the left it means that you have lost control of that car you cannot disobey the promptings and leadings of the spirit and claim or think that the spirit is in control of your life or you cannot disobey the spirit and claim or think that you are alive to the spirit i love romans chapter 8 verse 14 which says that as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god now if you read further down to verse 19 of romans chapter 8 the same chapter or verse 19 of that same chapter it says that the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of god now this is a this is a passage i find very interesting because verse 19 is saying that the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of god but verse 14 clearly defines who the sons of god are the sons of god are those who are led by the spirit of god so in other words what the world is waiting is for those who are led by the spirit of god he did not say that the world is waiting for christians he did not say that the world is waiting for people who go to church it did not say that the world is waiting for pastors, evangelists, prophets. It did not say that the world is waiting for apostles. It says that the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And the sons of God 
according to verse 14 of Romans chapter 8, are those that are led by the Spirit. So to be alive to the Spirit, you must obey the leadings and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The second thing that we need to do is that we need to allow the Word of God to rule our soul. We must allow the Word of God to saturate our soul. Our mind, our will, our emotions must be saturated with the Word of God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Let the Word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. When God's Word dominates your life, your mind, your will, your emotions, they easily begin to align with the Spirit of God that is in your spirit man. So here we begin to see the connection. The Spirit of God dwells in your spirit and takes charge of your spirit and then your soul is saturated with the Word of God which makes it possible for your soul to be aligned with the Spirit of God that is in your spirit. The third thing that we need to do is that we need to exercise our spirit. Your spirit must be exercised and must be sharp enough to relay information from the spirit, from the spirit or from the Holy Spirit or from the spirit realm to your soul. This is about being spiritually sensitive. It's about you being able to pick things up from the Holy Spirit. Even if it's a whisper, you are able to pick things up from the Holy Spirit. You are able to easily pick things up from the spirit realm. Why? Because your spirit man has been exercised. And this exercising of the spirit man can be done, one of the ways it can be done is by speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. When he says edifies himself, he's talking about the spirit man, your spirit. So by speaking in tongues, we edify our spirit, we exercise, we strengthen our spirit, we make our spirit sharp. Another way that we do this or another way that we exercise our spirit is through fasting. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. Now this is an interesting passage because if I have to deny myself food when I am fasting, how can Isaiah, how can prophet Isaiah tell me that when I fast, I will run and not be tired? Or that when I fast, I will walk and not faint? Friends, what Isaiah was making reference to in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 is the spirit man. When we fast, our spirit is fortified with strength. It is our spirit that is able to run and not go weary. Our spirit is able to walk and not faint. Our spirit man is fortified with the strength that it needs to drive our life. When we speak in tongues and when we fast, our spirit connects with the Holy Spirit in us to draw strength from the Holy Spirit. The fourth thing that we need to do in order to be alive to the Spirit is to discipline our body. Our body must be like a soldier that is commanded by the Holy Spirit, whose command center is in our spirit. Just like a soldier is meant to be in a state of fitness 
and readiness to carry out any command from the commander, our body must be ready to fall in line when the spirit commands. Every weight that can stand in the way or slow us down must be set off. Whatever it is, whether it is too much sleep, whether it is too much food, whatever it is, whether it is a habit, whatever it is, they must be set off in order to ensure that our body is disciplined and is ready to align with the commands and with the dictates of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. In other words, a body that is not disciplined can disqualify you from the agenda of God. Now, this is very, very, very important here, my friends. Because when you look at man, the three-in-one man, you know, when you have your spirit occupied by the Holy Spirit, possessed by the Holy Spirit, and then you have your soul saturated with the word, falling in line with your spirit, and then your body is disciplined to the point where you don't have to struggle with instructions that makes your body uncomfortable or that put pressure on you physically, then it becomes easy for us to live in alignment with the Spirit of God, with the will of the Holy Spirit, with the dictates, with the commands, and with the instructions of the Holy Spirit. We are able to hear and we are able to act very fast on those instructions and those commands. The last but not the least thing that I'm going to be sharing with us on which we must do in order to become alive to the Spirit is that we must live with a consciousness that our life is no longer ours. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So in other words, for you to become alive to the Spirit, you must live with a consciousness that the life you live is no longer yours. You live a life that belongs to God and His Spirit has been placed in your spirit. So it is that Spirit that is in you that owns your life. That Spirit that is in you is God, is, is the same as God, is no lesser than God. So it is that Spirit that is in you that owns your life. And when you live your life with this consciousness, you become sensitive or you become conscious about checking things with the Holy Spirit. Even when the Holy Spirit hasn't said anything, you put brakes and you are conscious to listen out. You are sensitive, you are alert, you put yourself on a state of awareness where you are open to receive instructions from the Spirit, where you are open to be led by the Spirit, where you are open and eager. You don't struggle with the leadings of the Spirit. You don't struggle with the instructions or with the dictates of the Spirit. You just easily align yourself. You give yourself to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the life that you live, you live for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit owns your life. God owns your life and you live with a sense of accountability to the one who owns your life. Now, in summary, we have looked at how we can become alive to the Spirit. We've built on what we discussed in the last episode. We've looked at man. We've said man is three in one. The Spirit, the soul, and the body. And we have said that for you to be alive to the Spirit, you must come to a place or you must come to a state where, number one, the Holy Spirit 
dwells in your spirit. Number two, your soul is submitted to your spirit, which is controlled by the Holy Spirit. And number three, your body is disciplined and is ready. It's like a soldier that is waiting for the instructions of the Holy Spirit to obey it and to carry it out. Now, these are the things that we've shared and then we've said for you to be alive to the Spirit, things that you need to do. First of all, you need to obey the promptings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, you need to allow the Word of God dwell, saturate and dwell richly in your soul. Thirdly, we've said that you need to exercise your spirit. How do you exercise your spirit? By speaking in tongues, by fasting. Fourthly, we've said that your body needs to be disciplined, like a disciplined soldier, ready for the commands, for the instructions from the commander who is the Holy Spirit. And number five, you must live with a consciousness that the life that you live is not your life. It belongs to God. Now, with these things, I believe and I trust God that we will be able to live our lives in better alignment with the Holy Spirit. We'll be able to live our lives being led, being dominated, being guided by the Holy Spirit, being controlled by the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to this episode to the end. And I trust that this episode has been a tremendous blessing to you. So please do well to share this episode with somebody. You can, you, If you have to download it, download it and share it. If it's the link that you have, pick up the link and share it with a friend, share it with a loved ones. Let them listen to this message and let their lives be blessed and transformed by this message. If you are not a part of the Voice of Alignment community on all our platforms, please do well to follow us, to subscribe on the platforms that we are on. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are on all the major podcast apps, whether it is Spotify, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we are on all the major podcast apps. You can just go to those podcast apps, type Voice of Alignment, and we will come up and you can follow us so that whenever we release an episode, you will be among the first people who are notified. I look forward to bringing the Word of God again to you in another episode. Keep living in God's blessing. God bless you.